You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I'm Kathy Biasse, your host, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. Quick aside, the show it has been taped, so no opportunity for calling in. Our guest today is Rachel Fryman, and she is the CEO of MindStrong Fitness. And I truly align with Rachel's method of teaching and educating women and moving them towards health goals. She starts with mindset, which is just brilliant. Rachel is a lover of lifting heavy things up and down and a coach passionate about helping others unleash their strongest, most empowered selves through education and mindset training. Rachel has more than 15 years of classroom instruction and certifications in personal training, sports nutrition, and behavior modification. She is the author of the best-selling book, Becoming Mind Strong, The Truth About Health, Fitness, and the BS That's Holding You Back. Rachel developed MindStrong Fitness with an inside-out approach to focus on both physical and mental attributes in building healthy, sustainable habits. And when she's not in the gym, Rachel enjoys exploring the world, snuggling with her puppy Charlie, eating and thinking about the next time she'll be eating. This is such a great interview. It's such an easy interview, it was such an easy interview uh, for me because I find when I align with methodologies of the guests that the show just flows. And this is another example of it. I just love where Rachel's coming from. I love her whole, her whole program and how she puts habit formation and, you know, tamping down negative speak as such an important piece. We talk about so many things, why we so often struggle with diets, why developing a positive mindset is integral for achieving health goals. How does exercise fit into the health picture? We talk about habit formation, so many, so many things. Uh, and the message is clear. We need to learn to be a little bit more forgiving with ourselves. We need to learn to speak more positively and we need to get our head out of all the negativity that surrounds health, dieting, food, etc. Great interview. Please do stick with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes to talk with Rachel Fryman.
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, today's show is recorded. No opportunity for calling in, but that's okay. We're going to answer all your questions, and you always know you can follow up with us later if you have anything, um, and we'll give you all of Rachel's contact information. Rachel, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to to this conversation. Me too, especially. And this is a segue. I just before I jumped on, I checked my uh, Instagram account and I saw a great post by you. Just started following you, just met you. And the post was about eating carbs. Yes. So uh, let's start there because I think it's an important thing to, you know, to segue into your whole mindset of how you work with people what have we been taught or what are we still learning, I guess, is probably the, the way to go about demonizing foods and macros. I mean, years ago it was fat and now we've segued into 
carbohydrates and protein must be on the horizon. So <laughs> what is your thought on that and how do you approach it with your clients? Yeah. You know, it's funny you say protein, because I feel like protein's gone the opposite route where mass media is like, oh, this is a buzzword. And now you can find Oreos that are protein packed, right? They've kind uh-huh. of gone the opposite. Um, you know, I, I think we, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, but if I had to to put it in a nutshell, the diet industry has made us believe that the key to losing weight is to do this complete major life overhaul, like cut out entire food groups, whether it's fat, whether it's carbs, whether it's eating frozen meals and everything about this industry is just completely fighting against our human nature. It's telling us to use willpower, to live in a state of restriction, to try to put horse blinders on and avoid the foods we love. And it's just, it's simply not sustainable, right? Like you might have way more willpower than I do, but at the end of the day, it's an exhaustible resource and we're going to crash and we're going to cave and we're going to binge. So the the key to doing this sustainably, and this is based, this is the foundation on which my business is built, is that none of that A is necessary or B is ever going to last long-term. The, the key to actually making this a lifestyle is not cutting out carbs, not cutting out fat, but learning how to hit your goals, eating the food you actually enjoy, flowing with our human nature for that that reward system we're looking for, but doing it in the correct proportion so that we actually hit our goals. I am starting to see this theme a lot more uh, from intuitive eating to um, what you're talking about and learning more about food. And I think it's a very important piece to to understand as well as your body type is not my body type and me restricting carbs and me being hyper restrictive is not going to make me look like you. And how do you deal with that aspect when you're talking? I'm assuming that most of your your clientele is women. Yeah, we work primarily with women and the way that, so we, we teach a skill called macro tracking and the way we do it to your point that you're saying is so incredibly personalized for exactly that reason. It is a, a capital T truth that the human body, whether it's me, you or your best friend, we're designed to process carbs, fat, and protein. Those are our three macros. But the proportions that we need are going to be wildly different, right? You and I are different heights, weights. We have different activity levels, different goals. So there's no way we can go online and you know use a free macro calculator and have it spit out our goals without understanding where we're starting from, what our tendencies look like, what our goals look like. So I, I think so much, especially with social media, right? We see some influencer posting, this is what I eat in a day. And we're like, cool, I'll just eat what she eats and I'll look like her. And it's never going to work because this journey is way too personal to the individual. Well, and to that end, our health goals are different, correct? Um, A health goal at the age of 20 is definitely different than a health goal at the age of 50. So are you working with women to help them you know, get into the mindset? Obviously, we're going to talk about that in depth, but are you working with women? Does it start there? Like, Let's talk reality. Let's talk about what is achievable for you, your age. Not that you want to limit people. That's that's not the issue. But there has to be a balance between what we're seeing on social media and what is reality. So is that where you're starting from? Absolutely. So we, I mean, we have women in our program that are 25. We have women that are 75. And the when I say this is super personal, the first place we have every single human start is by eating as they normally eat. And just tracking their food in a free app for like five to seven days. And the reason we do that is 
it, I always relate it to a financial budget, right? Nobody wants to sit down with a financial advisor and see if they're in debt and get all those credit card forms on paper. Like it's scary. It sucks. And if we want to build wealth, we have to know what's going on under the surface. And it's the same thing here, whether you're 25 or 75, the way your body responds is going to be very different and the laws of biology still apply. So before I can arbitrarily say to you, here's your macro plan, eat this much, I need to know what's currently going on under the surface. I need to know how you tend to eat. I need to know if you favor carbs or fat, because the way we make this sustainable is by tailoring it to, as you said, your goals and your starting place. Do you use uh, genomics? Do you use anything like that? Or are you, are you, you know, to personalize, we see a lot of this now, right? Personalized medicine, looking at the genome, looking at blood type, that sort of thing. Do you use that? Or do you find that that is just another distraction to what you're trying to achieve? I find that when we really start digging under the surface, that's kind of the next level of all this. So in we have four levels to our program. Level one, let me just teach you the skill of macro tracking and get you to experience food freedom. And from there, if we want to start taking it deeper and deeper into inner health in that level, there's ways to do that. But in the beginning, we're doing this based off where you're coming from. We use um, a formula to figure out goal numbers, but it's all about pacing with you to get you working toward those goal numbers. All of this is about sustainability, about meeting you where you currently are. Is this all about losing weight? Oh, absolutely not. We actually, our, our coach, my coaches and I, we, we joke, we kind of laugh to ourselves because, you know, women will come to us and they'll say, I want to lose 20 pounds, right? And to us, that's the simple part. To them, it doesn't feel simple, but to us, weight loss is math and science. Like if you follow X, Y, and Z, it will work. But this is so much deeper. The, the amount of time and energy that, especially as women, we spend ruminating and beating ourselves up and just flat out being mean to ourselves, when we release that, when we experience food freedom and we take control and we release that, it is not a coincidence. We see our members go on to get promotions at work, to leave unhealthy relationships, to find the mate they've been looking for for decades. Like Their entire lives transform and they're shocked, but we're like, yeah, that, that's really the work that we're here to do. So you're into this feminine psyche. (laughs) You're trying to break the code. Is that what you're doing? There is a lot of psychology behind what we do. We always say that our program is is based in science and psychology. And part of that psychology is floating with, it's flowing with human nature. But a big part of it is understanding that, that this is science where your energy can't be destroyed. It has to go somewhere else. So if right now it's being spent ruminating on that unhealthy relationship with food, well, when we release that, where's it going to go? It's going to go into level ups in other parts of your business. Yeah. And that seems to me like you're peeling back layers of an onion. Are you a psychologist? <laughs> you know, and you could just pull back things and people are like so off of health. It's not even funny. It's, it's very true. We have had many members come to us and say, what the heck? I didn't sign up for a psychology course, but here yeah. I am like next leveling my life. <laughs> Is it, you know, when we talk about the macros, um, anybody who has Googled, who has you know, played around with weight loss. I guess, I guess weight loss is the first segue for most women into becoming healthier. Um, how do you deal with the calories in, calories out argument with a calorie as a calorie? Um, and the other one is you, I mean, you have to be in a deficit to lose weight, understandable, 
but there's more to it than that, right? I mean, I could eat 1,200 calories and not lose a pound. So how do you approach this? Again, it's a mindset that has been created in this weight loss field. How do you approach these things? Are they myths or are they truisms? Oh, this is such a great question. (laughs) I could talk about this for three hours. So there is truth to the fact that weight loss at, at its core is calories in versus calories out. So I used to be a middle school teacher and anytime I would say blanket statements, you know, little kids like to play the, but what if game, right? What if I did this? What if I do that? So when I tell people it's calories in versus calories out, they say, well, if that's true, then technically, as long as I stay in a deficit, I could do it eating nothing but, but donuts. Right. Mm -hmm. And the answer is kind of like in theory, you could, the problem is you would die before you could show off your new bikini body because donuts are missing what's called micronutrients, which are your vitamins and minerals. So if we're going to say, yes, weight loss is calories in versus calories out. And with that, we want to be making more nutritious choices. I am a huge believer. I do not put the labels of good, bad, allowed, not allowed on food. We use the labels nutritious and less nutritious. So if you're looking at carbs you know, some brown rice is filled with vitamins, minerals. It's a very nutritious, complex carb. A Krispy Kreme donut is a carb with some fat in it, a bunch of fat in it, and it's way less nutritious. But the key is I still encourage people now and then you should have the donut because if you've got your horse blinders on saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, at some point down the line, you're not going to have one donut. You're going to have six donuts. But if we're learning nutrition in a way where, you know, the majority of the time I'm making those nutritious choices and I'm still fitting in those more fun, less nutritious foods now and then, that's how we take the allowed, not allowed cave binge cycle off the table and we experience that food freedom. Uh, It's so true. I work with um, people, I'm in the cancer space and nutrition as a whole different meaning. It's fighting disease. I shouldn't say a whole different meaning, but it, this isn't weight loss that I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with people who are are not well, who are, are heightened in their knowledge of nutrition and so forth. And one of the things I often find myself doing is pulling people back from this mentality of if I'm not perfect, I am going to be in trouble. Um, I don't know if you deal with people that are that have diseases and things like that, but even within that space, I find what you're saying to be absolutely true. Is it something that I, you know what, I, I shouldn't say is it something. It's it's just it's the stress of trying to be perfect can be so demonizing to your health goals. I don't even know what the question I'm trying to answer. I'm just trying to ask you. I, I just I just resonate with what you're saying. Um, you're seeming to have to get to the bottom of all these mindsets that are wrong. Is that part of yeah, what you're doing? A hundred percent. And I think this is true. We have women who come to us um, that are, are dealing with breast cancer, that are pre-diabetic, that are diabetic, um, that have just gone through hysterectomies. And whether it's someone who's who's ill or someone who's just looking to lose some weight or someone who's looking to just get healthy. Perfectionism is the number one roadblock that we see Mm -hmm. time and time again. And one of the big things we teach within my program is I'm a huge neuroscience nerd. So I'm so fascinated by how habits are formed in the brain. Mm -hmm. And what's happened is after decades and decades and decades of these women going through diet culture, it has now literally been wired in their brain that you're either on your diet 
or you've broken it. And now I have to start again next Monday. Like we truly believe that to get healthy means we have to be perfect all the time. Otherwise we've messed up and it's time to start over. And I, you know, the, the number one thing when people say to me, Rachel, if you had to say like your number one health and fitness tip, it is learning to live in that gray where understanding the key to taking control of your health is stop trying to do this perfectly, right? You, you hit your macros every single day. And then one day you go to a pizza party and whoops, I ate three pieces of pizza. Cool. I hope you enjoyed the heck out of those three pieces of pizza. Now we get right back on, not on Monday, not next week, the very next minute we get right back to what we're doing. And it, it's such a common theme that women, especially we tend to beat ourselves up on. We tend to think it's just us. But what you just said, this perfectionism thing is the number one stumbling block that we see hands down. Well, and we're not just talking about the demonizing of macros and the the unrecognized huge benefit of, of micros. We're seeing foods demonized. We are, you know, it, carbs is one thing and you talk about brown rice, but it, to each food, you could probably find something negative, even if they're healthy foods, you know, and, uh, you know, Things like alcohol, things like a glass of wine, um, like you said, carbohydrates, a steak, a piece of meat. You, you just, it, it's not just trying to figure out how to balance, you know, 25, 25, 50, but it's also, oh my gosh, I thought wine could be healthy for me. I, I, I didn't, if I'm not over drinking, what's the problem? Now I can't have anything. And, and it's just on and on and on. And how do you deal with food specifics? Yeah. And I think this is where a lot of people get into paralysis by analysis, right? You Google what are healthy foods, you're going to walk away more confused than when you started. So most of us say, you know, well, well, screw it. I tried, right? Like I, I made an attempt to eat healthy. I don't understand what healthy is. I'll start again on Monday. And now we're back to the perfectionist thing. What we do is we try to educate on what the difference is, right? And what, when I say that, as much of a science nerd as I am, um, the conversation of more nutritious foods, I try to keep very surface level. Like we provide our members with a list of here's complex carbs, which are more vitamin and mineral packed. Here's simple carbs, which are more sugar packed. But at the end of the day, most of us, if we don't dig too deep, we can surface level common senses, right? Like the, the example I used before, brown rice and Krispy Kreme, which is going to have more vitamins and minerals. Most of us know this. Then when we get into those gray areas like wine, wine is a great example. There's some really great health benefits of wine and it's alcohol, which is not the best thing for you. So at the end of the day, the, for me, again, keeping this very surface level, if you want a glass of wine, have a glass of wine. If you notice you're doing it every day and you don't want to spend your macros on that, or you feel like it's becoming a habit, then let's back off from the wine. But again, this goes back to that perfectionist mindset, right? A lot of times people are like, well, what's the ratio? Is it 80, 20 nutritious less? To me, that's overthinking it. Let's aim for nutritious foods the majority of the time. Let's common sense our way through it. You know, if there's questions here and there, we can dig a little deeper, but we don't need to get so exact about it. It's about living in that gray, making healthier choices the majority of the time and still allowing for those more fun foods now and then. So are we counting calories when we're working with you? Basically, so macro counting, I, I don't like to call it calorie counting 2.0. I like to call it calorie counting 1.2 because it's just a little notch up. Um, the big difference is this, and I, I, love, I love a good analogy. So if you were to say to me, you know, Rachel, I want to be crazy wealthy. And I ask you, well, why do you want to be wealthy? The answer is probably not because you want to log into your bank account and see tons of zeros, right? There's a feeling 
that being wealthy gives. There's security, there's freedom, there's being able to take care of your family, friends. It's not the on paper logistics of it. And the same is true for weight loss. When people say, Rachel, I want to lose 50 pounds, right? No one is walking around wearing a t-shirt that says, I lost 50 pounds or I weigh X amount. There's a feeling that we want. There's confidence, there's energy, there's inner health, there's outer health. So at the end of the day, as we talked about, weight loss is calories in versus calories out on a very surface level way. And if we want to talk about overall health, if we want to talk about energy, if we want to talk about vitality, if we want to talk about body composition, to get all of those things, the the real why behind this, that feeling we're looking for, then we have to take calorie counting a tiny step further and break it down into carbs, fat, protein. So your macros are your total calories. We're just getting a, a drop more detailed to give you all those perks that we're actually looking for. So no meal planning here. It's just, no. no. Okay. I am, I am not a fan of meal plans because anytime you tell someone what they have to eat, you're fighting against their human nature. Learning macro tracking is learning a skill, right? If, if you taught me how to surf, I would be terrible at it in the beginning. But once I locked it in, I don't need a teacher anymore. I have it for life. And that's what we do with macro tracking. We teach you a skill where you hit your personal plan eating whatever you want. And once you've locked in that skill, you just have it for life. That's what we talk about with food freedom. You literally never diet again. Um, do you work with only one type, like the Mediterranean diet? Or if someone comes to you as a vegan, are you willing to work with them in that space? Or are you trying to, you know, just come at everybody with a broad-based Mediterranean diet sort of thing where you're, you, you really want people to tap into each type of food group? No, the beauty of macros is that it works for any dietary restriction. So for myself, I actually did, a, I'm not a vegan right now, but I did an experiment for a few years to see what it felt like. And you can still track macros being a vegetarian or a vegan. We have women who are diabetic, so they have different carbohydrate needs. The beauty of this is because their plan is tailored exactly to them, to their specifics, to their story it works for everyone because they're choosing the foods they eat and leaving the foods alone that they don't want to eat. It doesn't matter what your dietary restrictions look like. It'll still work. Perfect. Let's take a quick break here. Everyone will be back in just a few minutes to continue our conversation. on the front porch six years old watching dad walk out the door open your eyes open your eyes and dream again yeah. one stopped when the doctor said you'll never have a baby of your own Stopped after two attempts at rehab, couldn't help him get control.
You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Welcome back here to The Health Hub, everybody. Host, we are talking Kathy with Rachel Biasi. Fryman. We're going to continue on, and maybe it would just, I think I've kind of flipped segment one and segment two. I never gave you the opportunity to let us know how you got into this space. Have you always been a health nut? I have not. Actually, it drives my mom nuts that this is the space in which I work now <laughs> because she was a health nut growing up and I, I rebelled against it. I loved Lucky Charms. I, I was not someone who enjoyed working out in my youth. Um, my story about getting into it is it's pretty unexpected, I think. I think people, you know, if you could see me, I have I have decently large muscles for a woman. I look like I've been doing this my whole life. Decently large muscles. That's an (laughs) understatement, okay? She looks perfect. If you want a body type, it's her body type. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. But the reality is I didn't get into this until my well into my 30s. Um, I was, as I mentioned before, I was a middle school music teacher. So my background, I was actually a professional musician for many, many years. I was a freelance jazz musician in New York, moved um, to Florida and started teaching middle school music. And if you've ever taught, if you have kids, if you've ever been around a child, (laughs) you know that teaching is very rewarding work and it's very taxing. It's a lot of taking deep breaths and showing up as your best self for others, no matter how you're feeling that day. So I just needed some kind of release at the end of the day. I was working 12 hour days as a teacher, just burning myself to the ground. And I realized this isn't healthy. I need something for me. So I started going to the gym with a friend of mine. I knew nothing about it. My, my only regret, or maybe this is a good thing, is that Instagram wasn't a big thing back then. So otherwise there would be reels of me being a hot mess in the gym. I'd be on all the, yeah, that's the outtakes. Okay. That, that's progress. <laughs> right? It's, it's probably better it didn't exist, but I wish I could show <laughs> people. You know, we, I, I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning. Um, 
I just learned by doing, right? I, I copied what my friend was doing. I didn't see results for almost a year because my nutrition was a mess. I had no idea what I was doing on that front. And what happened, this really tuned into the teacher side of me, is as I learned on my journey, as I learned, oh, this is what it actually takes to build lean sculpted muscles. Oh, this is nutrition is not this big, overwhelming thing. It's a skill you can learn. And the teacher in me was flabbergasted. I was like, why are we turning this industry into this big, confusing monster when it can be taught in a way that's honestly very simple? And you and I both know the answer to that is, you know, big business doesn't want you to know how it works because then you have to keep shoveling money at their point systems, their shake systems. But as an educator, I was like, somebody needs to be doing something differently. So when I started my company, I kind of made a pact with myself that I will never consider myself a personal trainer. I will always consider myself an educator. And what we do in my 12-week program, we always joke we have the worst sales pitch in the world because you only need us once. Once you learn these skills, they're skills you have for life, whether we're talking about nutrition, workouts, or mindset, which is obviously continuous work. But they're skills that you learn instead of guessing and hoping and praying the way that, that the industry is currently set up. Well, I think that's the way health models should be. You know, the the really the, the treat them and street them sort of idea is really very good. You know, you want someone to be able to fly away um, and then come back and say, you know, she made a huge uh, impact on my life. Um, we're in the hierarchy. So we've got mindset, we've got diet and nutrition. Where in this hierarchy of strategies for total health does exercise, weightlifting, come into the picture? And is it the same exercise routine for everybody? I love this question because this is the part that most women stop in their tracks when they hear the answer to it. Workouts are 100% the least important part. And that is such a, a mind-blowing, you. right? It's just a mind-blowing <laughs> Thank moment. you. End of interview. <laughs> right. Mic drop. You're welcome. But it, you, you know, when, when you understand how this stuff works, you understand why. Like if we think about it, if we back up to earlier in this conversation where we talked about weight loss being calories in versus calories out, first and foremost, from their nutritious choices for inner health for body composition. Well, we can do that with nutrition alone. It's kind of an industry standard to say nutrition is 80% of this. I say nutrition is 90% of this. We have women that come to us. And as I mentioned before, my program is 12 weeks and there's four levels. I would estimate probably about 60 to 70% of the women don't even touch the workouts in level one. And that's A-OK. Because our answer is, listen, we are pleasure-seeking creatures. We'll talk about that more when we talk about mindset. But if all we do right now, and if I'm saying all in air quotes, because it's a big all. But if we start by getting our nutrition in check, you're going to start feeling so good. Your energy is going to skyrocket. Your confidence is going to skyrocket. And it's going to become very organic to say, wow, this feels great. I wonder what would happen if I did this, the bare minimum workout. And we can start getting a snowball going down a hill instead of day one, right? New Year's Day, I'm going to work out five days a week. I'm going to go to the gym for an hour. We're never going to stick with that. It's too much change at once. It's too much pain at once. And now we're pushing that boulder up a hill. So at the end of the day, nutrition is king. We always start with that. When it's time to add workouts in to answer your second part, it is never going to be the same for everyone, right? If you're someone who's already training five days a week and you're comfortable around weights, well, you're ready to jump in. You're ready to start pushing yourself. But if you're in your 60s and you've never touched a weight and you're petrified of them, 
we're going to start with the absolute bare minimum and we're going to focus on consistency and then we'll start talking about building out a workout plan. Now, you're talking exercise, the whole spectrum, cardio, uh, cardiology, uh, <laughs> cardio, weightlifting, the whole spectrum. Or again, are we talking about a very individualized program for everybody? I'm a huge fan of resistance training, of weight training. And the reason is it's not just because it's what I'm into. A lot of times women are like, yeah, that's because it's what you do. But really, all this comes down to science, right? The number one predictor of life longevity is how much lean muscle mass you have on your body. And if we're going to talk about metabolism, the way our body is designed is that the more lean muscle mass you have, the faster your metabolism runs. So I always explain it like a, if we're going to pretend that high interest savings accounts still exist. It's a high interest savings account versus a checking account. So weight training is that high interest savings account, right? When you put money in that account, it's working for you, whether you're at your job or not. With weight training, we're building lean muscle mass. We're firing up our metabolism. So our body's burning calories, whether we're in the gym in that moment or not. Cardio is like the checking account. It's fantastic. It burns calories. It's great for your heart. It's great for your health. And it doesn't do as much for your metabolism. So real blanket statement, I'm a fan of like 40-20 when if you're going to split up your workouts, the bulk of it is always going to be resistance training, then a little bit of cardio for a little extra oomph. But again, there, there is no blanket statement when it comes to workouts because it's at the level where we're going to meet you at the level where you're coming in. If you're new to resistance training, if you're scared of it, in no world are we throwing you into a four-day-a-week weight training program. We're going to start with like 15 minutes a day of something that feels very simple for you, and we're going to build off of that. Yeah, I love that. You know, you touched on something, and this is a future show of mine, is, and I think it's just starting to become uh, more mainstream is the important – I shouldn't say more mainstream. I think people are starting to realize it more – is the importance of muscle beyond strength um, the health benefits, especially as we get older of having, uh, muscles and, and, you know, keeping muscles intact, building muscle. You, and, and you can't, you don't have to be 20 to have definition. Uh, I started Olympic weightlifting a year ago and not even a year ago. And I noticed after three weeks, the difference in, in muscle. And it's, it's such an important topic. It's a whole other show, but the importance of mu muscle mass for health for inflammation for the immune system is huge huge and it's it definitely another show we talk about that forever um let's get back to the mindset piece because as the more the more we talk the more i feel that this is the the integral part of what you do um habit formation that's all a part of the mind how important is that for success in what you're doing and trying to achieve with your clients oh that that's everything and when we talk about habits there's really two parts to it. There's the, the physical habits of what we're trying to do, right? The reason that we start with the bare minimum of, of workouts and we focus on consistency and there's the habits of our inner monologue. And this, this is the topic. Sometimes when you talk, you know, we hear mindset, we think about inspirational posts on Instagram and rainbows and glitter. But again, when we're talking about neuroscience here, we're talking about how habits are formed in our brain and the way that you talk to yourself internally, your inner monologue is the make it or break it on this journey as, as far as I'm concerned. I 100% agree. 100%. So the, the, the quick 30-second neuroscience lesson that I like to give around this is, you know, anytime, and I find this so fascinating, you can watch videos of this on YouTube. Anytime you think a new thought, take a new action, right? A neural connection is formed in your brain. 
every time you repeat that thought or action, there's this stuff called myelin that's coding, coding, coding. It's acting like cement. So when, and then that's a 30 second intro to, you know, something people spend their lives studying. <laughs> but when we can understand that, I think of it like plowing a path through a field and laying cement, right? If we can visualize that in our brain, we can understand that logistically, if you want to start a workout routine, trying to go hard five days a week when you've never worked out before, that is so unnecessary. It's not going to be sustainable, but it's also unnecessary because what we need is to form a neural connection. Hey, I'm going to work out 15 minutes, two days a week. And then we need consistency to coat, coat, coat that myelin. And from there, because we're pleasure-seeking creatures, which I'll, I'll talk more about as we go, we're going to naturally say, wow, that feels really good. I wonder if I bump that 15 minutes up to 20, what would happen? And this same conversation is true of our inner monologue. Most women are shocked when they start red flagging that, that internal voice of just what a jerk it is to ourselves, that it's constantly telling us what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, that this is never going to last, right? Who am I kidding thinking that, that something will be different this time? And the reality of humans is that we cannot exist in a world where the external and the internal don't match. So if you're doing everything, quote unquote, right, if you're tracking macros, if you're getting into a workout routine, but that inner monologue that's been wired in the same way that every habit's been wired into your brain is telling you, you're going to mess this up. Who are you kidding thinking this is going to be last? It's going to only a matter of time till you self-sabotage. That is going to become true. And that's not some woo-woo rainbows and glitter. That, that is how our brains are wired, that the two things have to match. So a few minutes ago, you know, we talked about how we kind of giggle thinking, oh, women are coming here to lose weight. But that is the work that transforms lives. When we can rewire your brain, we're literally rewiring your brain to be your best coach instead of a jerk to yourself. That is the stuff that transforms lives. Well, that jerk that's inside your head has often, oftentimes been developing uh, years in the making. Yes. Um, and we as humans, it's a science, science proven, science driven thing. Uh, we hold on to the negative. I mean, we just we identify more. We we will look harder and harsher at ourselves for things that are negative that we've done wrong way more than we say, Hey, I did a, I did a good thing. <laughs> I was great today. And it just, it's a constant self-speak and you're, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you're never at the end of that road. It's a continual self-speak to try and be positive with yourself. That's what I find. Um, it, the, the road just doesn't end. It's, it's a continual way of learning how to navigate that road. So I think it's so important, so I important that you talk about that. It, it gets easier as you go, right? If we, again, if we think about those neural connections right now, most of us have spent decades upon decades, not even being aware of how that voice is speaking to us. So in the beginning, it's always going to win. It's wired in. When we consciously do the work to rewire the language that it's using, the tone that it's speaking to us with, over time, that becomes your default. And to your point, it is absolutely true that negativity bias is part of the human nature. So the mindset work is never one and done. It's not like you learn the skill of macros, you go on your way. We're always doing this work. And, and the mindset piece, it gets easier, even if it never goes away. 
Yeah, and failure. I think when you're looking, you're looking at failure, failure. Uh, you know, failure to lift a weight, failure to not be the per. I think that's also a teacher. I think people need to understand that as well. Um, we're coming to the end here, and I do want to give you space to talk about your book. It's um, I, I, everyone who listens to the show knows how enamored I am with people who sit down and write a book. So congratulations on that. It's Thanks. called Becoming Mind Strong: The Truth About Health, Fitness, and the BS That's Holding You Back. Um, is this the, the natural extension of your program? Yeah, this, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you have such respect for writing books because this, I'm someone who loves working. I pour my heart and soul into my business and this book is my baby. It was the hardest I've ever worked on anything. <laughs> it just, it brings me joy. Um, it was the natural next step. What I found having an online business is, so beautiful because you get to connect with women all over the world. So there have been times in my business where I'll have a client in Saudi Arabia and a client in London and a client in New York, and they're all saying the same things, right? They're all saying things like, I don't know why I can't stick with diets. I don't know why I lack willpower. I don't know why I always self-sabotage. And I had this feeling of, I just want to put all of you in a room and show you that this isn't you, that it's the industry, that it's the method you're using. Mm -hmm. So one way I did that was by starting my company and building an online program where women get to virtually be in that room. But the other way to just share this message, especially the mindset piece, and the the book is about 70% mindset, 30% nutrition. Sharing it with the masses, with thousands and hopefully one day millions of women that you're not alone in this, right? We are we are all feeling those same struggles. We are all beating ourselves up around the same thing. And as much as I'm a fan of radical personal responsibility, there are parts of this that are not your fault. And in the book, what I do is, is show them that the mindset tools happen for a reason, right? Our brain is wired the way that it currently is for a reason. And here are the logistics of how we can retrain it. And then we do the same with nutrition. We pull back, I call it pulling back the curtain, like Wizard of Oz style on the diet industry. And here's how to actually take control. So it's a lot of releasing, a lot of forgiveness in a less hokey way than that sounds. And also a lot of logistics to actually do the work, to rewire your brain, to take control of your nutrition. Do you find there's a a little bit of skepticism when you're trying to work with women and you know, approaching health and weight loss, starting with the mind? There's a lot of it's too good to be true. That's what I find. Um, Less about mindset, more about nutrition. Because we've been so wired to believe all in, all out. When I tell, you know, my thing is Krispy Kreme donuts. I love Krispy Kreme donuts. So when I tell women, like, you can get in the shape that I'm in while enjoying a donut now and then, they don't believe it. It sounds too good to be true. And then when they hear testimonials from our grads, to your point about mindset work, and they're talking about these level ups in their life, and they're in tears talking about how mean they used to be to their, themselves and how they, they flourish now. There's a lot of, well, I, that's you. I could never do that. And the thing that's tough to put into words, and that's why we use so many testimonial videos, is that that woman who's crying about her dream life now was sitting in those same shoes saying, well, that's you. I could never do that. But because this is science and this is psychology, you know, these are not Rachel's magic laws of health and fitness. I'm just, I'm a good teacher who learned to flow with human nature. 
what the the key message that we always try to get through is that this works for everyone, right? You're magical, you're wonderful, you're an individual, and you don't defy the laws of biology and psychology. <laughs> well, no, kudos to you because it is the space that we need to start with. It's just becoming more and more apparent that this is where we need to start rewiring how we think, rewiring what is good health, you know, that good health is different to different people. Some people don't want to be chiseled. They just want to have less pain. And that is something that um, I appreciate when other practitioners appreciate that too. So kudos to you for everything you do. I think you're inspiring so many women uh, in so many different aspects of life, not just in the weight loss. So uh, wonderful. Now, where can people get your book and can they contact you directly or do you have a team that you work with? Absolutely. So our website is the best place to go. It's simply www.mindstrongfitness.com. On the website, you'll find the book, you'll read about my coaches, you'll see ways that you can work with either our team or directly with me. And as I mentioned, you can order the book and check out my own podcast directly from there. Oh, what's the name of your podcast? I should have allowed you to... Just like the book, it's called Becoming Mindstrong. We're actually, as of the time of this recording, just about to launch our fifth season. Oh, congratulations. That is another achievement. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, Thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you and getting to know you. Thank you. This was fantastic. Everybody, we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.